Hello, welcome to episode 419 of Adopt Today. Adopt Podcast. My name is David, and I'm here for Hello. Today we're episode of Megloss. Yes, when we, um, we finally get to the cliffhanger and to continue our story, and then our scene changes to, um, Karis and Romana, um, they, uh, Romana realizes that that it was Megloss that um, uh, she had helped get away, and they meet up with uh, Diedrichs and Zastor in the hallway and say, oh, it must be the doppelganger, and so they run off to the power room. They interrupt the proceedings and tell of this, the double and how the, um, the gas tags that Gregor and his men have all escaped and um, they've taken the, the doppelganger with them on their ship. Gregor on his ship is talking about all oh, the loss of half of his crew or something because his three men were killed on the on Tigella, so he is upset about this. Megalos says that the dodecahedron can surely make up for that. The Doctor and Romana are wondering um, why would he take the dodecahedron to Zoltathur? There's nothing there but sand. Well, nothing there but sand and the screens of Zoltathur, which they wonder about, but not something we really know about yet. So Megos and uh, Gregor and his men have arrived back on his planet. Um, he goes to the middle of where the panels were, um, which are pentagon-shaped screens all facing each other and uh, he buries the dodecahedron in the middle in the sand and the, in the middle of his panels um, and then he steps away to the others and then uses the device that he had placed on it to shrink it and activates it um, his the room, his control center op- arises from the sand and the dodecahedron is now on top of it, I think. Or is that just maybe the shape on top? I'm not sure. I couldn't tell. It looks bigger than the dodecahedron he buried, so I'm not sure if it's just attached or he's, he's somehow put it in his control room to, to power it. Back on the Tigella Zastor um, says goodbye to the doctor and Romana. Um, the plan is they want to, they're going to take um, Diedrichs and Karis with them to uh, Zoltathura to try to stop Megalos. As they're leaving, a f- looks like a fallen Dion um, grabs a weapon and shoots out aiming at Romana. Alexa calls out to Romana and warns her and jumps in the way and her follow her has shot Alexa instead and Alexa is dead. Romana says, she saved my life and is very uh, moved and upset that that she died because of it. Megloss has uh, has activated the device. He's um, 
he's harnessed it to the to the panels to the screens and he can align the screens and utilize this huge power to destroy any planet um, get any vengeance and uh, do anything in the universe and so we asked you know what would you want to do and Ruger's uh, captain doesn't have a response and Ruger says well I'd pick Tigella because he killed three of my men so that's what Megalos is gonna shoot for so the TARDIS materializes on Zoltathera um, close to the device um, the doctor tells Diedrich, Karis, and Romana to stay behind. And so, oh, you can't do this by yourself. And the doctor says, well, if you forget, if Megalos can impersonate me, that means I can impersonate Megalos, but not if you guys walk with me. So Romana and the others stay behind. Megalos tells the others that he needs to check the screens, check the alignments. Um, so from a distance, the doctor sees him come out and go off to the screens, and he then knows um, how to present himself to look like Megalos. Um, Megalos has left his coat and scarf behind, which Gregor's captain seems very interested in keeping for himself. But uh, So um, the doctor leaves... Uh, He's uh, confronted by one of Gregor's men, a guard, and puts his hands up automatically, thinking he's been caught. But instead, he, he, he turns it around and, and tricks this guard and says, does this look level to you? Or does this look you know, straight to you? And has the guard put his hands up to like steady the screen. Um, so he, he then says, well, you hold it here, and I'll check from the other side. And then he goes off and... Uh, he takes uh, removes his coat and scarf and heads back into the control center to uh, pretend to be Megalos. Um, he said he ref um, let me say this again. He says some of the things that Megalos has said before, which Gregor says, Well, I thought you'd already set the controls to this. To Annihilate Tigella. Oh, right, right, yes. And I wonder what this does. And Well, you said it is to align the, the screens, and you were going to check the calibration. And so he finds out what's been done by Gregor pointing out to him what he should already know. Um, as he's doing this, um, the guard comes back in, bringing the doctor's coat to him, and Gregor notices that there are two coats now because his captain has been has put on the other one. So the doctor says, oh, well, it's a present for, for you. I thought you should both have one. And tries to buff it off by giving both Gregor and his captain one of his coats. Um, they buy it, and uh, they, they, he says he's going to set the countdown. Um, he says, well, let's set it and go. It's like, no, no, it takes like a full two minutes before it's going to start. So you just wait right here and, and watch for the, watch for this or something. So the doctor leaves. Um, Gregor tells his men to grab the doctor and to take him into their ship. They've, if he started to count down 
started everything, he could finish it and they won't need him anymore and they'll take him with him. Doctor sees Megalos coming and hides before the guards can catch up to him. So the guards do exit, get to Megalos, slug him in the stomach and take him off to the ship as the doctor watches. So the doctor thinks the coast is clear and he turns around to go back in to go away and Grugger and his uh, captain grab the doctor and take him off to the ship. So inside the ship in the hold, doctor meets Megalos as himself. Romana and uh, the others have wanted to get a closer look at these big screens and so they've um, left the TARDIS and they're creeping closer to the area so they see that um, I think they, they see that, oh, they see the doctor taken into the ship. So they creep closer and closer to the ship. The doctor tells Megalos how he has reset the controls and is not going to destroy Tajella. He's got it set to more or less to self-destruct, to, um, to sink his control room back into the ground and the um, device to implode on itself. Canine um, heads over to the ship, and as he circles around in front of the guard, uh, Diedrich comes up behind him with the rock and smashes the guard on the head with the rock. He turns around to carrot to uh, Diedrich, and then Canine blasts him, and he is incapacitated. So they head inside, um, determine that there's a hold area that must be where the doctor is and uh, start canine to uh, cutting open the steel wall. The doctor asks um, why uh, Megalos is, is doing this and um, before he gets much of an answer, the canine breaks through the hole in the wall and Romana looks in and says, oh dear, and sees both of them standing there wondering which is which, but the savants come in and they grab Megalos and pull, hold him to the wall. As they do this, the human inside him takes an opportunity to try to break free, but Megalos says, well, you know, no, they don't have me, they've got you. And he um, converts himself back to his slimy cacti, deflated cacti shape and slips away. The doctor takes um, everyone into the TARDIS to leave. Um, as the countdown starts to actually bear down, um, Gregor and his, uh, his captain are, are watching this and uh, they don't notice that the cactus has come back in behind them. Um, but then they see that the room, the control room is starting to sink back into the sand and say, oh, stop the countdown, stop the countdown, but it's no use. So back on Montagella, the doctor says goodbye to Zastor again. Um, as he's doing this, Romana breaks in to say that Gallifrey is called and they want, wants them back immediately. The doctor addresses the, the human and asks, you know, care for a bit of horticulture? Going to stay or do some gardening? He says, well, I may as well uh, be in trouble when I get home. I told the wife I'd be home in 20 minutes. The doctor says, well, 
don't worry about that. I can get you home before you left. And he has a confused look on his face as the human ponders what that could mean. And then we end. <laughs> so this is a really short episode. Yes, said one of the shortest ever. Yes. Ran for under 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can really tell. And it's not helped by the fact that uh, they used three or four minutes of last episode as their recap. Uh-huh. Which makes it seem like it's so much longer. Um... Yeah, I, it just—it's just not a real good story. No. So it makes it harder when it's so much repetitiveness, and then there's not a whole lot of story, and it's not a very good one. So it makes it difficult, really, to get through. Um, I think they did. The one thing I liked about it was when they had the Doctor and Meglos in the same hold of the ship there. Um, as they, they would focus on one and then the other, by his demeanor you could tell who he was being. Yeah, he really shows, you know, what a good actor he really was. Yeah. Or is. Yeah. This uh, slight expression, you know, and the it really showed the different nature mm-hmm. of the yep. characters he was playing. So I thought that was really nice. It was like the best part of, of the episode, I think, really. Yeah, I can't disagree with that at all. Did have a little poignancy where Lexa jumps out and takes a blast for Romana. Yeah. And Romana seems um, genuinely touched by the fact that, you know, she jumped to save her and mm-hmm. she died for it. Two points of, of very uh, good acting. That's true. Unfortunately, not a whole lot else, so I don't even have any specific notes. Do you? So, when Meglos, Meglos splits from the human, uh huh. why couldn't they catch the little blobby version? Yeah. I don't know. It's a slimy bit of cactus. Can't she step on it or something? Yeah, I wouldn't imagine it would be too hard to uh, contain. Yeah. Canine could blast it, for God's sakes. Yeah. Unless he used up all his power. Cutting a hole in the ship, probably. Probably. He probably has to recharge now. Yeah. Yeah. They say something about, oh, there's one of these creatures from this planet, and he gets out, he could go anywhere or something. It's like, uh, how's he going to get anywhere if he's been stuck on this planet for so long? Yeah. I don't think he can operate the ship as a flattened cactus. So I wasn't really seeing how he was a threat. But yeah, why could they just not catch him? I guess they didn't need to. Maybe they knew he would go back to his control center and the doctor knew he'd already rigged it to blow. So. 
We didn't see the explosion though, right? No. Did I miss it? Okay. Well, I think the screen kind of went white. Oh. But we didn't really see the explosion. Yeah. They just sort of hinted at it. So they were obviously just trying to save money. Yeah. Sometimes they can do a pretty nice looking model explosion. You know, oh, so no, we absolutely. kind of expected to see it. Could have brought the episode into the 20 minute mark by showing that. Uh, I don't know. They well, took they all the time that a normal explosion would have taken. They just didn't show the normal explosion. Oh, I say, well, the way they've done everything else, they would have extended and like cut cut and repeated some of the scenes uh, of the explosion or yeah. given a close-up of the explosion and then panned out from the explosion and yeah, it could have taken the, the 30 seconds maybe to yeah, make it true. 20 minutes <laughs> so maybe it's a good thing um, hmm I'm so stumped by the fact that they couldn't catch the little blonde. <laughs> yeah. It was like in the horror of Fang Rock and they've got this little glowing ball of green alien. Really? Is it really that big of a threat? They could like pop him with the pin. Oh, the know? one that was climbing up the, the stairs. One that was, yeah. yeah. Bouncing his way up the stairs essentially. The doctor sat at the top and waited for him to get up there so he could have his conversation with this creature. Huh? Yeah? <laughs> Not very threatening. <laughs> the flattened cactus is probably worse. Yeah, probably. It just kind of squelched across the floor. This at least would, they lit the, like, the ball was like glowing green and, you know, a little bit more visually interesting. So how did it inflate itself again when it got to its to its uh, control? Because it was back in the the full cactus form behind the glugger and his and his uh, captain there before the explosion. Oh, was it? I didn't notice. Yeah, there was the was cactus in the alcove behind him. Oh, which I'm assuming is Megros back in his control. Uh, room. Anyway. No, no, not necessarily. He transferred out of that cactus form into the human. And then he shapeshifted into the doctor from the human. Okay. So what you saw might have been maybe the blob took over the cactus shape again. Uh, Or cactus corpse. Oh, yeah, I guess that would be. Because they had shown when he went over to the human, took over, they had shown the cactus kind deflating. of deflating. Right. So I guess he reinflated it. Yeah, he must have gone back into go that. back into it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that does make a little sense. And speaking of uh, making sense, you made some comment about um, the one guy wanting the doctor's coat. Yeah. He had made comments about the doctor's coat in previous episodes. And oh, how much okay. he wanted it and coveted it and all that. Yeah, he said so. he says something earlier, and then the, he uh, Megos ends up taking it off. It's like, well, he's not going to need that again. 
Yeah, it was just a, just tried on, you know. Yeah, it was an elaborate payoff for a very bad joke. Yeah. Which really is so not necessary. Right. Because if he'd kept, if they'd both kept the coats on, it would have taken probably ten minutes away from the episode. Yeah, they couldn't do that. Yeah. It was already too short. Yeah. I did think it a little bit funny when the doctor is um, hiding out by the screens and is getting ready, you know, he's seen what Megalos, how he how he's dressed and is seems like he's going to, you know, take off his his coat and scarf and everything and a guard comes up to him and immediately he, he just puts his hands up turns it turns his back to the guard and has his hands up and it was turns out to be right in front of the screen and then he realizes oh wait he thinks I'm Megalos so I should tell him you know to ask him if this is straight and have him hold it up and it could slip away you didn't think yeah. that was over the top at all I thought it was no, it's just fu- it was funny to me because it's it's become so ingrained in the doctor that when somebody <laughs> approaches him like that, that he puts his hands up. Yeah, true. Um, and I to, actually didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, to turn that around and use it to his advantage in in a subtle way of tricking the guard without yeah. you know making and making the guard useful actually, not just tricking him. True. But he, Put them to use. Yeah, put them to use. And, you know, but for his own means. I thought that was really kind of nice. Funny without being, um, I guess kind of tongue-in-cheek funny. Not, um, not overtly. And you've seen enough Doctor Who, you would catch on that, you know, his, often his position is when he's, was accosted by yes someone yeah those are my three favorite parts then Megalos and the doctor Romana with the Lexa and then and that hmm. which is a lot for 19 minutes and 30 seconds but but not enough no no not enough so you you don't remember this one at all? Nope. Then. Nope. I never saw it. Mm. But that does mean I now have seen all of them. Okay. To the best of my knowledge. Don't remember them all, but I have seen them all. Yeah, I know they just kind of come back to you when you're in it. And say, oh yeah, we did see. I did see this one. I remember what happens next here. You can't know all of them as well as I know the key to time. (laughs) Anything else? No. So overall impressions? Terrible is really the only thing I had to say. I wasn't missing much by not having seen this episode. Yeah, I would wonder about that. Um... Yeah. 
I think we've seen worse. Probably. So I don't know if I'd say terrible, but I would definitely say not very good. There are parts that make it worth watching, probably. Um, but I wouldn't go into watching it thinking that I was... It was going to be at a level of previous ones that I know that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah. Um, so I would say watch it, but you know, but uh, just know that it's it's not Pyramid of Mars <laughs> or Tomb of the Cybermen. It's it's not yeah. that good. No. The story isn't very good. Uh, but there are some, a couple redeeming parts that just make it kind of fun fun to see. But, uh, and complete the experience but it's not not one that I would put um, in a favorite list right it'd be in the mediocre col- <laughs> mediocre column <laughs> yeah I'd probably agree with that so where do we go to next so now we're going to start a series of episodes commonly referred to as the eSpace trilogy. Okay. And we'll find out why in the, probably in the first episode. I can't remember. Okay. But that first episode is Full Circle. Alright. And there's a surprise in this episode, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Okay. So join us then, and thank you for listening.